Hello and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hadjassad, and with me, as always, is my good friend and fellow automotive journalist, Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human listeners. Greetings to everyone. We also have a very special guest this week. I'd like to introduce Chad Kirchner. Say hi to the people as well, Chad. Jolan True. <laughs> so if this is the first time you're hearing our podcast, thank you for trying something new. I'll reiterate, all three of us are professional automotive journalists. In fact, you can find our work all over the internet. I will ask first Ben to plug a couple of his publica- publications that he's been writing for. Ben, go for it. Where can we find your work? You can find my work at Motor Trend, at Inside Hook, and at Driving Line. And Chad, where can we find your work? Um, first, I object to the word professional. Um, but um, I've, let's see, I'm all over... Uh, I'm on uh, Chuck Trend. I've been on the drive recently. Um, but a story that I'm kind of proud of is I've been doing um, some PPE stuff uh, prior to now. And um, Toyota actually loaned me a RAV4 to go to basically make a long check to get material for. It's a long story. Um, I'll, I'll send you guys the link so you can share it. But um, that's actually an automotive map, which is a newish, a newer site run by um, our mutual friend Eileen. So very cool. Right, check it out. And you can find my work at autotrader.ca as well as Nouveau Magazine. Now, Chad, you mentioned that you uh, we can find your work at Truck Trend. And in fact, that's one of the main reasons we love to have you on this week's episode. We're going to be talking about some classic 4x4 models that should be returning. Ben, you wrote this story for Motor Trend. I want, you to, I want to go through it with you because uh, there's a lot to discuss here. Well, so for... It, yeah, it's not just necessarily it. models that should come back, but more like nameplates, like kind of trucks that had a classic presence in the market, 4x4, in the 4x4 market, and then they, they're gone now. They disappeared. Nothing really took their place, and I think some of these vehicles deserved better, Sammy. <clears throat> well, I mean, do they deserve better? I mean, let's go for the, wow. let's, let's go through the first one <laughs> well, on wow. the list here. Well, before, before we rip Ben a new one on his list, no, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> I mean, you were you were inspired mostly because you know Bronco and Defender are back, right? Like that's no, sort I of was. Like... I just I just really missed some trucks. I I'm so alone, and um, <laughs> sometimes trucks make you feel less alone. Am I am I wrong? They do. That? They don't. No, they you're do. right. They trucks have this. Do. Trucks have this like dog like demeanor about them. They make you feel like they need you. They're reliable. They they're always there for you. A truck's not going to say right. one so, thing to your face and then do another thing and then abandon so, you. Like that's so. Why you gotta look if, at me when I do, when when you say that? That's so bull, that's dog, garbage. If a pickup truck or a four by four, a body on frame SUV, like we're going to talk about, like if these trucks are dogs, <laughs> then what's the automotive equivalent of a cat? Oh, these uh, are sports cars. They're always an- trying to kill you. The answer right? is F type, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's the, here's the other oh, question: wow. What's the automotive equivalent of a fox? Because a fox is dog hardware with cat software. <laughs> is, is that a mistake? I I submit it's the bionic cheetah. I submit it's oh, the yeah. Infinity FX. Okay. <laughs> oh, we've set this podcast so, up uh, on a very do- good. Dogs are rear wheel drive, cats are front wheel drive. If you ever look how they run and slide. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know um, how to respond to that, so I'm going to choose not dogs, to. No, dogs oversteer, cats understeer. Moving on. <laughs> they, they do. Watch. Fine. Look. Look, we don't long. all it's have been... your extensive collection of slow motion animal videos, Chad. It's been a long quarantine, is all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, Ben, I, I want to talk about this list that you wrote on Motortrend.com. The very first car that you uh suggest should be should be revived is the Isuzu Trooper. What why do you say that with such disdain, Sammy? The Isuzu Trooper wasn't just the trooper. It was sold under so many different names. You've, you've probably been in one, if not two, of these. There was. It was also sold as the Acura SLX, the Chevrolet Trooper, the <laughs> the Sangyong Corando Family, the Holden Jackaroo, the Honda Horizon, the Subaru Bighorn, and the Opel Monterey. And that's just scratching the surface, Sammy. Basically, in the early ninety, late nineties, or nineties, or whatever. Trooper was everything. Well, if you didn't have a truck in your lineup. Isuzu was like, hey, have we got a deal for you? <laughs> yeah. So what makes you think that this – so what? You think the fact that they've they, – there's some brand recognition within a bunch of different um, automakers or, or nameplates, this is what, what should make it come no, back? What is so special about the Trooper? Trooper is a cool name, first of all. Can't deny that. Second, okay. you could get four-door and two-door models. Big Trooper, baby Trooper. Third, it was pretty good off-road and it was very reliable. Chad, back me up here. 
If you drove a trooper in a thunderstorm, was it a stormtrooper? Yes. Next question. <laughs> what about in the snow? That is not a thing. It's a snow, oh. a snow trooper. You mean like on oh. Hoth? How do we? Yeah. How, how do all things lead back to Hoth for you, Sammy? You know why. So yeah, uh, no, I mean, uh, I mean Azusa, Azusa's have always, at least from sort of my vague understanding of childhood, have always seemed to be fairly reliable, like in the truck sense, like you know, um, and obviously everybody used them, so it wasn't like so with Honda and Acura use them, obviously they wouldn't part. They would hopefully not partner with a brand that would lower their reputation of, you know, Japanese reliability. Um, That's a great point. Well, they did make a Songyang, so. (laughs) Which I believe is a Korean brand. Yeah, but. Sangyang, sorry, Sangyang. I said that wrong. um, But that was also during the time, too, especially like in the 90s. Like Honda and um, General Motors have always had this weird sort of like. I don't want to say like they didn't work together, but they've they've flirted with some things. Like um, I know this is going to go way off of the truck aspect of it, but do you remember like there were a couple Acura models that got OnStar like when OnStar first came no, out? No, I don't. And, remember, I didn't remember that. Um, oh, man, I don't remember that either. Yeah, the Acura RL was available with OnStar. There were a few Hondas and a few Acuras that like came with our OnStar just installed, and it was just a weird sort of like not really partners like on vehicles, but like. You know they were they they flirted a little bit when they saw and, that you were calling in from an Acura and not like a Chevy. Did they treat you better over the phone? Yeah. I have you know I don't know. I once <laughs> spent three hours on the line with an OnStar operator in the middle of an ice storm in Ohio. Oh um, okay, yeah, and they were trying to find a place, a hotel that was open, or a food place. Uh, there's a really funny story about that actually. Um, this is a long time ago. I'd say like. 2003 2004 and i'd rented a car with my friend who um was doing his he was going to various universities and hospitals to do interviews for his residency as a surgeon and we decided to do a sweep to a sweep through the midwest that it would end up in new york um and we had gone to detroit at, at wayne state and we were going down through ohio and there was a crazy there was a crazy ice storm and we were in a rental i want to say grand prix i don't really remember and uh, we were on. That was a rental fleet, darling. Yeah, I think we were on I eighty, and the highway was closed. We were going east, and it was closed. And we were in this long line of cars, and state troopers were at the front of the line, and they were turning cars around to the other lane to go back. And so we got to the front of the line, and uh, the guys like, "Sorry, you can't go any farther. Highway's closed. It's too icy and too dangerous." But we had to get to New York. So I, I was driving, and I leaned out the window. And I'm like, uh, "But sir, we're we're Canadians." <laughs> and he went to the back of the car and checked the license plate and then came to the window and said, okay, you're good to go. And we moved the barricade <laughs> and we drove down the interstate and we were the only car on the interstate because it was closed. And in the medians were all these cars that had flipped over on their roofs and like right. 18 wheelers that were completely like sideways or jackknifed. And it, it was this really eerie end of the world situation. And that's what we called OnStar because that's what you want to have in your ear during that time. But yeah, right. anyway, kind of a kind of Did a they double. Help you? Yeah, they found a place. It was a uh, it was like a um, what's the place that everyone makes fun of, but people still eat at all the time. Denny's. There was a. De- yeah. There was a. De- yeah. There are a few Denny's around here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So there was a Denny's that was open and attached to a hotel, and we ended up staying there. I did. Oh. I actually spun the car into a ditch that night, uh, oh. but we got it out. I pushed it out. I I love that. Like most of the time, stories involving the Ohio State Highway Patrol aren't good stories. That's like <laughs> that's awesome. That seems that sounds like the most like Cleveland thing to do. You must have been far enough east to kind of get into the icy snow belt of, of Cleveland on eighty. Yeah. Um but but yeah that's that's fantastic. That's like, oh yeah, you're good. Go ahead. Well back to what you were saying, Chad, about the trooper uh, not lowering not wanting to lower the Japanese reputation for reliability. Honda actually did something pretty terrible in the same era when they didn't have an SUV. And it was the first time we saw the Honda Passport. Yeah, the Passport name. So the Passport name was applied lock, stock, and barrel to a Land Rover Discovery. They just brought the Land Rover over. They put a Honda badge on the front and did nothing else. And it's to this day, it's the only V8 engine Honda has ever sold to the general public. Huh. And it was terribly unreliable. I mean, I can't imagine the shock of being a Honda owner and like getting into that vehicle, and then the door handle falls off on like day three or something. <laughs> you know, later later on in this episode, we're going to talk about um, some Nissan news. I almost kind of wonder though, like, is there a place for like 
the new armada to to um for Nissan to go sell that to other makers. Like is there is who would be the modern sort of Isuzu that comes in and it's says what definitely not Nissan. <laughs> Probably not. But like You've got what you need, that's what you're saying. You, you, but you like, need some help, we we can fill but, it out. But is there somebody that could like take that role of a Suzu now? Is there you, do you see a space for that? Or? Yeah, Suzuki. I think Suzuki could sell a ton of uh, small cars in North America. Oh, my God. The Jimny. I there you one. go. There you go. You heard can it here first. Going through this, can we keep going through this list, though, Ben? I want to continue past the Suzu into uh, the next name on this on this plate. Ram Charger from Dodge. You really think this has a chance to come back or should be revived here? If you, One of the cool things – I'm looking at a picture of a Ram Charger now, and it has it's this flying. cool – it has four by four, four. written yeah, out in great. letters on the on the rocker panels. I've never yeah. seen that. Um, <laughs> I'm I should probably put that on the Jeep. Thoughts? I, I actually I love that retroness of it. I like the Jeep Willys, the modern Wrangler Willys that has the retro four by four or the four wheel drive logo stuff on it. Yeah. So, so I eat, I eat that stuff up. Unfortunately, um, FCA is using the term Ram Charger right now as we speak. In um, Mexico. No, it's it's the name of the wireless phone charger in the new Ram fifteen hundred. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure oh, they got that's a waste. It is a waste, it's, but it's literally called Ram Charger. They did make the Ram Charger in well into the nineties, early two thousands down in Mexico by taking a uh, Dodge Ram pickup and hastily welding something onto the back to give it a pa- passenger compartment, and then they right. used um, a tailgate and taillights from a Dodge Caravan to f- f- fill out the package. So. Dodge was totally cool with just slapping something together and selling it somewhere no one would see it. <laughs> uh, right. I, I think the Ram Charger could come back. I, I think it's cool. Two-door, truck-based SUV that would go up against the Bronco. Why not? I mean, obviously, reasons why not is because FCA already sells the Wrangler, and they don't need to do this. Right. Right. There was also an, uh, another version of the Ram Charger from Plymouth. What was it called? It was called the Trail Duster. You could also get versions called, like, the Warlock and the yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. They're I such mean, wicked names, man. Warlock is such a seventies name. I to love give. it. Like, yeah, it's good. It's 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 like Warlock in that era. You you were either someone who practiced dark magic and went to a lot of orgies or key parties, or you were just in a metal band and your name was Warlock, <laughs> or the band's name was Warlock, or you were a a roadie for Warlock. I mean, I know, I know that. I know that modern day FCA still isn't necessarily the most reliable or, you know, maybe this is the products that we don't necessarily recommend the most. But boy, when they when they dig into like that retro catalog and they bring some of those great names back, they have such a amazing back catalog of just, you know, nameplates and stuff. That... Aspen Volare. <laughs> right. I mean, the, they did the, bring the, they did bring the Aspen back, but it was on a terrible vehicle. Yeah, no. I mean, they, they've definitely brought some really cool names back and have not put them on cool products. But you know, like I even like they sell a Warlock now, but that's what it's the old version of the the Ram pickup. Um, so it's on the old platform. They're still selling as Ram Classic, and I don't. It's it's not the same. But they could if if I ran FCA, they probably would be bankrupt. But there'd be a lot of even cooler products. Though. So it wouldn't be that different. There wouldn't be that much. Yeah. <laughs> no. No change. There would just be a Hellcat in more things than there is right now. Uh, so so I'm the, sure it's the, coming. the next one I wanted to talk about is another vehicle. Zuzu. So Zuzu is out of the out of the passenger car market in North America, and mm-hmm. this next one is really really out of the passenger car market. So that's the International Harvester Scout. Uh, they went out in the early '80s. Um, they made a bunch of bad business decisions, basically, and they ran out of money and sold themselves to, I want to say Case or something like that, one of the big agricultural companies. Yeah. But uh, before they did that, they made the Scout, which was kind of a Bronco-type um, deal. Again, you could get a, you know, you could take the doors. There's a really weird, like, version of the vehicle that had, like, a half-door insert. So you could take the regular door off, I think, and put in this, like, it's like a like a tub that has an opening in it but it's also sort of still a door it's like a ha- it's very strange but it was it was a convertible SUV had a roll bar it was really cool it drove kind of like a truck like a like a truck from 20 years beforehand but they're very reliable um and they were notable for being um really good off-road i mean there's a huge following for these trucks even yeah, today there is in, there in is our community in our community too, I know uh, 
Andrew Collins at uh, Jalopnik is a huge fan. Um, and he actually told me once, and I just looked it up just so that I'm not a that I'm not a liar. But either the largest gathering of um, IH scouts in the country or in the world actually happens in Troy, Ohio, every year. I'm so, sure it's the I'm sure it's the world. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's people but, in like an Eastern Bloc country like with 600 scouts or something. <laughs> right, but um, but it's it's just funny to see the uh, it's just down the road from me, like an hour away. So. So that's um, that's actually kind of cool. Hey, that that by the way, that that half door is is from something called the Soft Safari model, <laughs> which was a fiberglass half door and a convertible top. I just want to say that again, Soft Safari. <laughs> that sounds like, like you know, like Delilah, the radio host, like yes, the, yeah, like Delilah late night radio. It sounds like you're turning, you're like cruising down the highway late at night, FM radio, searching for something that's not coast to coast, and all of a sudden you're like. You're listening to the Soft Safari. And then it's just easy listening and you pass out and drive into a ditch. Right. <laughs> so moving on. Wait, no, I want to talk about this uh, international like, scout a little bit more. Do but like Toto's, Toto's Africa would be on the Soft do, Safari do, 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 night, right? Do, do, do. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's that's when it starts. To, when the hostess of the Soft Safari is feeling yeah. a little punchy, they put in some Toto and some yeah. hollow notes. Yeah. Have have there been some sort of resto mod project with um, international scouts or am undoubtedly, I undoubtedly. I thought there was like a company called Icon that did stuff like this. I'm not sure. If I don't it was... think they did. They might have. So Icon does a lot of one off projects. Okay, and it wouldn't surprise me if they'd done a scout. They don't currently offer a scout kit. Okay, um, I know this because I was actually recently researching a piece on them, so it's fresh in my mind. But, okay, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure there's one out there. All right, cool. Um, it is a really cool looking truck and I would love to see something, a modern take on this. I think it would be really, um, I think it'd be very successful. Uh, I really would wonder what kind of company, you know, the, the nameplate could go to. Isuzu, but... it's clearly Isuzu because I, Isuzu Scout makes sense. Right. Okay. All right. What else do you have on your list? Well, there's the Wagoneer. Of course, I'm going to say Wagoneer. I mean, I've got Obviously, a Grand Wagoneer. Wagoneer. and. And uh, it's it, it was just a vehicle that's not really it doesn't really exist anymore. Um, uh, body on frame, four by four. That's was luxurious, but also capable. Uh, I think we've gone really far in the other direction, where mm. they're they're mostly like super luxurious in that segment and not necessarily off road capable. I mean, they're okay, but you're not going to take like a Yukon Denali on a trail and and not mess it up. What about like a QX80 or Armada? Is that would you? No. Where would you I, put those? Those, I, I mean, if you take an Armada on a trail, you're going to mess it up. It's just, it's just, I True. think that okay. those, I think it's too nice for that kind of thing. I don't think there's like a middle segment off roader that's still family friendly. I don't think that's around anymore. And I think that's kind of gotcha. what the Wagoneer was. Right. Um, I don't know. The Wagoneer nameplate, I'm not sure, still carries as much love these days as it did back in the day. I also think. The, even the phrase wag like wagoneer uh, or the word wagoneer really probably rubs people the, the wrong way because for a while wagons became sort of like this bad word in the automotive industry and uh, people really moved away from that body style as they moved towards um, say vans or or crossovers or SUVs. Well, you say that and yet FCA is on the verge of selling and releasing a hundred thousand dollar grand wagoneer. With a, a sub-brand Wagoneer. Yeah. So I, I don't know if the if if the name really has as bad a reputation as you you or you're saying it does. We'll see. I mean, I I'm really doubtful. I don't know. How when I do you think When it. do you think we'll see that? Do you think COVID? Twenty thirty two. Twenty thirty two. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I don't know. Then I, it's going to be called the Rocketeer. I'd buy that car. Of course. It comes with a really cool helmet. So what do you um, got next? So next, what we have the Suzuki Samurai. I mean, Samurai is a cool name. It's uh, not at all cultural appropriation. Um, and here's, I here's well, what just, I I'm just here's what I love about the Samurai to kind of to kind of push this forward. Um, every time that I go to a particular off road park in Indiana, um, I take press you know press car there or whatever. There are always either a single or a group of samurais that show up that they clearly only paid like a few hundred bucks for the winch they have on them. They probably paid more than what they did for the whole samurai. Probably more steel in the winch too. Yeah. (laughs) And, and they take him down every single trail, you know, that does all the climbing. It does everything because they don't care. They kind of beat up on them, but they also like, they're really capable. 
Yeah, so they are. It, Small it, wheelbase and good four-wheel drive. I, when I was growing up, I, I knew a guy in high school who had a Samurai that didn't have a gas tank, but it did have an open canister of fuel in the cargo area with a hose <laughs> leading to the engine. Wow. Um, that so was his daily driver. That, <laughs> it, it, yes. it, what you're trying to say that is is when this thing, um, back in, what was it, 80, late 80s and, and early 90s? It was 86 to 95 in the U.S., but the Jimny is the is the samurai it's the same vehicle so it's still going the jimny feels like uh i've been in a jimny and they're and they're a little bit less i mean i don't know if the focus on on i don't know what the way the best way to describe it is like the the samurai seemed really overbuilt for what it was which was a small car in many ways and while you guys say that you know that they were they're a bit like uh rough around the edges the running gear of them seemed to be pretty good i'm not sure if the jimny carries that same distinction yeah i think it does yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I really love the Jimny, and, and it would be the, the right, you know, small SUV for me now. I think um, so. I could see you in a Jimny. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, the next car on your list, though, reminds me of the one of one we already talked about just a little bit newer. This is the Isuzu Rodeo. Ah, see, it's not, though, because this is a, this is a, a uh, it, you know, the Trooper... <laughs> Was like the business SUV, and then the rodeo was like the like the mullet party in the back SUV. Um, the, the, what? The, the other cool thing. What does that mean? Just go with it. Also, the other cool thing about the rodeo is in Japan it was called the mysterious utility wizard. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> yes. That is one of the best vehicle names of all time. And if was it got, not named something differently based on the doors? Well, if you got the two door, it was just called the mysterious utility. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> Four doors perfect. got you the wizard. Either way, I have no idea. Like it's just <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it it was very much like the trooper. You could get a soft top though, which is Ooh. awesome, and it was popular. People bought it. Uh, and rodeo is a cool name. I mean, why not use rodeo? Give me three reasons not to call it SUV the rodeo. Sammy, go. Uh, uh, it, it, uh, not your first rodeo. Exactly, because you're going to buy <laughs> more than one. <laughs> Two, um, uh, people will associate it with uh, uh, some sort of Wild West brouhaha. And that's not good? You're, you're against I, brouhaha? I don't know. Maybe the City Slickers won't like it. Wow. They made a movie New- called City Slickers that was all about Wild West brouhaha. So... <laughs> Wait, you're telling me it's made in New York City? New York City, <laughs> exactly. Um, I actually, the, the to me, I, I see a lot of the trooper in the rodeo. With um, what your X-ray vision? With why are you doing this? I don't know why I'm so combative about your superpowers. <laughs> why? Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think it's pretty cool. I do like the design of it at this time and this, uh, this like. Um, when was this offered? Like early two thousands. Right? I feel like you fought me every inch of the way on every one of these renaming as these these nameplates. Like you've had a problem with like it's almost like you're the executive who killed each and every one of these vehicles. Oh, like yeah, you're the reincarnation sure. of Joe Azuzu, and he was like, "No more rodeo." <laughs> no, you I'm don't... saying I like it. I'm saying this is my jam. I'm into this. This is the no, only looking... one on the list. Looking no, at hold on. We're looking at going. this. Looking at this, um, it, honestly, like the Santa Cruz, the upcoming Santa Cruz, kind of makes me think of that because it's going to be this really kind of a short bed. Yes, this had a roof with full access to the cabin, but I feel like it might almost be targeting the same kind of niche, the same person. Obviously, one's going to be body on frame, one's going to be unibody, whatever, but right. I, I can almost see like the roadie, like that being almost a spiritual kind of successor to that. Yeah, and Sammy hates spirituality. So, I mean, if he was in charge of Hyundai, this would be, this project would have been killed years ago. Mm-hmm. Moving on, AMC Eagle. Last one I want to talk about. Uh, so, AMC decided in the early '80s it was going to make a line of four-wheel drive cars, and it didn't save them from bankruptcy, and it didn't save them from what Renault <laughs> was it Renault that they partnered with. Um, yeah i think so and uh anyway but they did beat everyone else to the market with four-wheel drive vehicles and they made like convertibles and coupes and wagons and all sorts of crazy stuff and i think eagle's a great name for a car i mean what's more american than eagle correct and uh eagles flying cars are on the road right 
Well, okay, a car, could, a car could fly. If he no, could I think this. I think yeah. that. I think that silence is is all the dignity that comment deserved. <laughs> um, okay, talk to me about this eagle a little bit. First of all, you're right on the money here with the terms of four by fours. Um, you know, for for like I guess kind of car or wagons, and I think that's a really big. That's a really impressive point for AMC. Why didn't it take off at the time? Because nobody uh, wanted it. I mean, there was no yes. market for these cars. So it's, but today, would it work? Yeah, definitely. I mean, 100%, right? I think Chrysler would love if they were able to bring back the Eagle brand. But, I mean, they're not going to do that. The, the, the name, I don't think it would work as a brand. You'd have to maybe, maybe make like a submodel or something. I don't know. Are there any other um, nameplates? Chad, I think you mentioned a few. Xterra. Terra. Xterra wins Xterra. Had a, continued in, in 2015. And I would like to see that make a, re, uh, a resurgence, I'm, I'm right? Convinced, I'm convinced this is almost a segue into our next topic, so maybe I shouldn't be talking about it right this very second. Oh, do it. But, Go for it. But, but I feel like you could take Xterra, you could just find wherever they, wherever Nissan trashed the tooling at, put it back in a factory, flip the switch, and make the exact same car today, and people would buy it. Yeah, it probably wouldn't handle it, survive you know, modern-day crash uh, testing and stuff like that, but who cares? Like People would just buy it. <laughs> And I've driven, and I've driven the Terra, which is supposedly the the spiritual successor, the Chinese, the Asian market one. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting because it's a Navara underneath, and it has a rear locker. And, and I don't think it's close enough for a U.S. a U.S. audience to really get excited about it. But I think that, but I think that there's, I think, I think if Nissan really wanted to focus on brand equity and getting people excited about Nissan, um. And not just think of it as a rental car, darling. Um, I think a product like the Xterra coming back would make a lot of sense. So speaking of and, getting people excited about Nissan, mm-hmm. uh, Sammy, I know there was something that you wanted to talk about specifically about Nissan this week. Right. Nissan just recently showed a really quick um, video teaser. I think they called it, what, Nissan A to Z? Uh, Nissan Next from A to Z. Yeah. Uh, where they showed off, I guess... How, 11 12, cars? 12 cars. 12 new global pro- 12 global products that will be significantly updated or completely refreshed in, in the, the next, next eight, 18 months. Yeah, okay. I, I, I can't wait 18 months. What's coming first? <laughs> right. So why don't we go through this list of vehicles that they show off in this teaser? Uh, Chad, do you want to help me out with this here? Yeah, I have a list that's not alphabetized, so sorry. Um, that's okay. Oh, Matt, people are already tuning out. Hold on. Um, so, uh, I, I, we're, obviously, I think we're going to save the best. Um, maybe not for last, but it's on there. But uh, New Rogue, um, mm-hmm. which falls under, the, obviously, the letter R. Uh, New Rogue, which we all know is supposed to be coming. I mean, we, I think we were supposed to see it in New York, and obviously... COVID prevented that from happening. Um, it's already leaked out in foreign markets, so if you want to see it, just do a search for 2021 Nissan Rogue. You can and see the exactly. Rogue is so important for Nissan. It's like it their is. best-selling car. It's their best-selling. Uh, um, it's the only thing that makes them money. Um, it, it really is like the reason why that company still exists in the U.S. We should US. be seeing a lot of what the Ultima is in the new Rogue, I think, I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah. yeah we should. Yeah, we definitely should see that. And I think Rogue's going to become even more important because if these um, rental car fleets are going bankrupt, um, they're going to sell fewer Altimas. Just, and it doesn't matter whether I like the Altima or not. I tend to actually do like it. But, you know, they do a lot of fleet sales. So Rogue's, I think, going to become more important than ever. Um, it was the first vehicle in their lineup to get uh, ProPilot Assist, which is their level 2 8S. Um, yep. It tends to be the the leader because that's just what people buy. So right. um, <clears throat> I would expect to see a lot of their do, a lot of the new tech in it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a if a hybrid you know makes a debut. It should um, just because uh, CRV's hybrid Rav Four is hybrid. Well, they have um, had a hybrid Rav Rogue in the past, and it wasn't impressive from what I remember. No, right. It wasn't. It wasn't. But I feel like there's an opportunity as long as they don't you know mess it up. Um, so there's, so there's that, um, moving on to the letter. Hey, did you want to say anything else about Rogue? No, other, I think that's perfect. Other than, mean, it's insanely, other than it's insanely popular for them, so they need it. Yeah, um, that needs to come out first immediately, yeah. if not. Yeah. <laughs> um, under the letter F, 2021 Nissan Frontier. Um, Yay! Long time we, coming. The engine's already out, right? The engine transmission's already out in the 2020. The weirdest move in Nissan history, recent Nissan it's history. Gotta, it's got to be like some sort of like 
EPA regulation or cafe or, or maybe like they had to buy a certain number from the factory or something. You know, like they had a contract. <laughs> yeah. So um, what's interesting is if you look at the the teaser photos, you can see some of the angles. But if you really want to see a good, like a real good look at it, um, a quasi popular Nissan um, podcast actually got a leak of the photo and okay. have shared that. Wait, and you mean there, there are podcasts other than this one? Is that what you're there saying? Are. There are. Um, Mind but blown. anyways, uh, but a, a lot of sites picked up on that. And from what I understand, that's a, an accurate photo. Um, cool. From what the, from what places seem to be saying. So, um, and it matches the silhouette. So if you want to search for that, you definitely can. The big bummer for me, honestly, on the new frontier is they're keeping the same platform. So I think that oh, last... Oh, come on. They are. So I think that when Navarro, I think when they updated Navarro last, um, I think, and this is this is speculation. I have no inside information, but I think somebody was like, "Oh, well, we're making a bunch of money on Frontier now. We don't need to update it." So they didn't really spend a lot of money updating it, and that's where the 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 platforms diverged. And I think that now, in an effort to make the new Frontier as cost effective as possible, they. They're, they're, they've already said they're keeping the same platform, and that's that's public knowledge. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'd, I'm I'd rather... looking. I'm looking forward to the Navara. Uh, sorry, the uh, Frontier. Yeah, I do think that. I mean, to be blunt, the current styling on the Frontier is is uh, it's ugly. Yeah. It's very it's be it's it's, it's really old. unattractive, um, and the interior as well could use a, a really nice. Um, coat of paint i suppose so do i really care that's really using the old platform i'm not 100 percent sure i mean it's got a new powertrain it's gonna have a new uh yeah. look inside I mean, and out and it's it not like the, it's not like the, the tacoma platform is all that new either right, right exactly the one thing that i am excited about is or that, the or the ranger for example yes although we've we've ragged on the ranger for that reason yeah right um one thing though i will say that is that the photo that leaked um does have a Nismo badge on the front. Oh my goodness. Will Nissan get Nismo rights on the truck? I don't know. I hope so. Um, what do you mean by Nismo rights? Nismo to get Nismo rights to get it correct. I mean, you guys just went. Oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry, about, I thought I yeah, thought you sorry. meant like copyright. No, no, no. I mean Nismo. Like, will they make? Will they? Will they serve the Nismo band brand properly? Because as we know, the last Sentra Nismo. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> let's 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 not revisit that. So um, what else does Nissan have coming? A for Aria, which is their um the Aria concept, which is their all electric crossover. Um okay. that's yeah, that's coming to the US. Uh, it's basically a leaf on stilts, right? Yes, correct. Is this gonna be even longer or or t- like nah, more spacious than the leaf? It doesn't look like Sammy's it. all about length when you're talking about hybrids <laughs> and, and Well it matters. So I'm told it matters. Um, it the concept looks good. I don't know what the final product will look like, but the silhouette right. matches. Silhouette matches the concept. I think they need it. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know I mean, why. To go they... up against things like the Kona or the yeah. uh, Nero or the Soul, for example, which are much more practical than the Leaf is. And I really Just... think that again with uh, Maki coming and stuff like that, where I think the Korean market, where I think the Korean manufacturers are really kind of letting down the EV stuff, is their only carb. They're only selling in the um, the carb ten states or the um, the whatever the so they're, they're compliant, the compliance the sev states. Yeah, I'm sorry, the the, the sev ten states and uh, Maki and Leaf and uh, Bolts and Tesla are the only ones that are doing fifty states. So um, or forty eight, I should say forty eight state, not Hawaii or Alaska. But uh, so yeah, so hopefully, I mean, they do have an opportunity if this comes out and beats the Koreans to full 48 state adoption, I think they could make up some ground. I mean, um, maybe, but I think maybe anytime you're relying on a full EV to be a sales volume leader, you might be disappointed. Yeah, no, I mean, we were just, we were just joking about Dyson before we started. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think that if they're trying to gain maybe some market share in the EV crossover space, um, it might be the opportunity to do it. It's how I should refresh that, not as, right. or word that, not worded as, as a profit center. But I think it's silly that Leaf right now is still a car when Nissan themselves recognize that like with Rogue, you know, crossovers are where 
people are going. But it, right. it might just be a money thing. I mean, they might not have been able to move that sure. project forward until now. True. Um, and uh, also under the list, uh, Navarra. We won't get it. It'll be a Europe. You know, it'll be a rest of the world product. But okay. Um, so they're uh, making. So they're showing off a new Navarra and a Frontier. Yes, because though they, it's 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 about time to refresh the global product. Because I think I think uh, twenty fifteen was the last when the global product was refreshed. Mm-hmm. Fifteen or sixteen, something along those lines. So that truck is due um, under a normal under a normal automaker refresh cycle. That truck should be due. Um, and I drove this current generation one. I like it a lot. I wish the Frontier was more Navara based. All right. Um, what else do we have on this list here? P for Pathfinder. Yay, Pathfinder. Three Yay. rows. Woo, a car um, that used to be somewhat rugged and off-roady is now a family. No, it's not. No. Does that make no. you happier, Sammy? Now that it's no longer like any of the th- any of the vehicles we just discussed that you hated no. so much. No, it doesn't make me happy. Don't make don't make me out to be the the enemy of the podcast here. I like these off-roaders. I said that earlier on. I didn't <laughs> well, say enemy of the podcast. I just meant enemy of any fun off-roaders. That's not true. <laughs> the current Pathfinder though is old. Oh like, yeah, like and, and not old in a good way either like you could argue that the current frontier is kind of charming in some ways because of its age or the 370z is kind of charming because it's doesn't have all of the electronic assistance and stuff that a new sports car does um so you could argue that there is some benefit to certain age but pathfinder doesn't benefit from it and like special trims like the rock creek edition like it, it, it got a plastic skid plate yeah, and a plastic skid plate is not useful so all right um Will it be as competitive to like the Ascent and stuff? I mean, Nissan's probably hoping for that. It but, has to be. The but Ascent I think that, and the Highlander, yeah. yeah. But I think that Pathfinder, the name Pathfinder, talks about should should be off road focused, and I I don't see, I don't see it being that. I don't see him following that route. I, no, I don't, and I don't think they make any money there. No. Um, so it needs a refresh. I hope that it, it should be mostly ready. I mean, again, I don't know what COVID has done to like this year's launch plans, but I've heard rumors that it was supposed to be this year. So maybe, you know, you know, maybe we'll still see it, but everything's up in the air with, with, you know, unfortunately with, with COVID, um, K for kicks, we should be seeing a refresh kicks, which I believe, um, it's already, the global the global version has already been shown. Um, what's interesting about that is um, the global version is getting e power, which is the hybrid the uh, the hybrid system. Um, wow. But but uh, I would say we probably wouldn't because that would really uh, bump up the price of the kicks, and the kicks' biggest asset right. is just how affordable it is, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you want like electrification, you're going to go with like Aria or something like that, or Leaf. Like they want to push you. Sort unless of unless you only buy cars to start with consonants. Yes. <laughs> right. I'm, I, my other concern is that, you know, a refresh and uh, an update to the kicks might add a little bit more equipment to it and might make it heavier, which will maybe detract from one of the most right. enjoyable small crossovers that I've driven uh, it, recently. It is my hope that the product planners and the stuff that read our, that read our stuff really takes to heart the there fact are, that there we, are no product planners listening to this podcast i, I hate to well break maybe to maybe not listening to our podcast but like have read how fun the kicks is to drive and how that lightweight is and i hope that they take that to heart i hope that they've seen all of the good feedback around kicks because a lot of people like the kicks and i hope that they see that and keep that in mind when they do a, a u.s mm-hmm. when they do the u.s version it just uh, needs a little bit of like refinement or like yeah. uh, touch-ups around the end. And, it, it really isn't that bad and get rid of the gloss black, you know, get rid <laughs> yes. of the gloss black. Um, uh, a, for Armada, which we kind of talked about a little bit before, um, mm-hmm. I kind of wish they'd make it more patrol-based. Like, I wish they would just go full patrol. I think there's enough brand recognition in the name patrol to use right. it here, to use it here, but they won't. And the other thing is, if you know, in in other markets, there's like Nismo patrols, and they look pretty cool. Yeah. And we've never had anything close to that. No, um, um, so I was always wondering when that might make an appearance in North America. Right. I, I wish they. I mean, I wish they would, but I I think they've done enough sort of research to say, well, some buyers don't want to go full off road ruggedness the way Patrol does, and I don't. I don't know. I would I'm say not, most buyers are probably not interested in that at that size of a vehicle. Right. Yeah, um, but I think there's a lot of brand equity with the name Patrol, and 
again, if you're trying to appeal to an enthusiast, maybe you'd use that name, but I don't think they are at that at that class. Um, but speaking of a fun enthusiast, enthusiast card that we don't get um, here in the U.S., but you do north of the, the border, um, M for Micra. Yay! The Micra has been updated in, in Europe, and we've never received the, the updated look. So I'm curious to see if we're going to get that um, that new model at all. I don't know if it was just a one-time deal, and they're like, here it is, bye. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you guys obviously know that market better, and also speaking of your guys' market north of the border, um, Q for Cash Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogue expect, Sport. Yeah, I expect to see Rogue Sport die. Um here in the U.S. Why is that? What? Um, well, because in other news, Nissan did say they need to cut 20% of this, and they're only going to focus on certain profitable brands and things like that. So I expect Rogue Sport to go away. I expect uh, Titan to not survive this refresh. Oh. Um, I expect either – I expect probably Versa to go away, um, and Sentra and Ultima remain the only two cars in their lineup. I expect Maxima to go away. Um I expect possibly um, Murano also going away. Um, yeah, I could definitely see Murano leaving. And I and I see sort of like the the I, if if it were me, I would see like the the completed lineup. I would expect it to be uh, Sentra and Ultima, um, uh, Kicks, Rogue, Pathfinder, Armada, uh, Leaf Aria, and Frontier. And that's. Um. So let's let's wrap up this Nissan news with the most important product, which is well, the... there is there is Terra and Note. They had one which was funny, which was the end for Note. So I don't know if they're gonna do like kill the Versa, but keep like the Versa Note. Um, but the big one is the letter Z. Z for you folks, right? Um, is the news, which is the new Z. Um, silhouette looks great. I honestly like they they teased it in here. I think it looks pretty cool. I don't know what you guys think. I don't like the front end. I, I it's such a tall big gaping okay. mouth and i know that so many sports cars look like that now and i just don't think it's flattering to that particular body shape and i on the other hand i think it looks pretty cool i look uh it looks very uh very close to maybe what i mean we're just seeing the silhouette and i and i see a lot of modern um sports cars in this it doesn't look too aggressive or wild like say the supra and i like the the, the design it looks somewhat clean here beyond yeah. that front end that, i had uh, i had said I had somebody I don't I mean it was definitely like on background but like there's a lot of rumor out there for the um well uh, let me let me say that there's a lot of rumor out there that the it's going to be a twin turbo 6 with a 9 speed auto um that seems to be sort of like maybe the base trim like the base whatever um r- around 400 horsepower most likely um great output, I, I had but I had 9 speed auto doesn't sound great well, the, 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 sorry go, go on. ahead no I was, was going to say I was just going to say a friend of the show, uh, Stefan Ogbach, was talking to me today, and he says that he's heard hints that the car is going to be more affordable, which could mean a 300-horsepower VR30 and not the 400-horsepower model. Oh, okay. so that could that could be useful. Because they're um, aiming to top out at under 45K. Which would put them under okay. Super, which I think is a good, a good place to be. Um, that is a decent place to be. Uh, the nine-speed auto, I mean, I've driven it in the products that I have it available. It shifts pretty quickly. And from my understanding, can be programmed to shift even faster. Um, so, yeah. Do I want to row your own six speed? Yeah, I do. Of course, um, we all do. And but... we have we have some long we have some long time um, three fifty and three seventy Z listeners in our audience, and I'd love to hear what they have to say. Uh, yeah. in the feedback for this episode. Yeah, I would definitely. I mean, I would definitely love to hear what enthusiasts have to say about it. I hope they do a manual. I'm not optimistic, um, but. What I've driven of the nine speed plus what I'm told the nine speed's capable of, I'm not going to completely poo poo the automatic until I drive it. Until I drive okay. it, it might I mean, be. The it case might, is the same. It might be its, terrible. Its main competitor being the Supra is also automatic only in in North America. So, right. What are we What are we trying trying to say here? You know, maybe Very maybe cool. maybe they'll do a Nismo version and it'll be a manual only, or it'll be I don't know. Who knows? They have Who they knows? have they have opportunity there. So that's. But a, it's exciting for them to finally address it and bring something to to our our eyes to, to show something yeah. that they they are working on it because for a long time it felt like they didn't know what they were doing with it. Well, and the last thing that I would like to say about Nissan, sort of as a whole, is um, it used to be a really enthusiast 
kind of a company, right? There's a lot of really cool enthusiasts like you like the drive products. Um, that sort of hasn't gone so great in the past, you know, whatever. Some of their enthusiastic or their enthusiast products have really kind of sat on the vine. Um, I like the 2020 GTR, but it definitely could use a full refresh. Um, I like the Frontier as it currently sits as an affordable, honest little truck. Um, but I think there's opportunity to get kind of people back in the fold there. And then Z, you know, um, mm-hmm. part of the cool thing about driving a Z now is, you know, it's a mechanical rear limited slip diff. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, a six speed manual in, in all mm-hmm. the right ways. And some of the stuff that made it feel dated five years ago now almost feel welcome. Um, in a world where the computers control everything. But, uh, but I think that like, if executed well, I think that those three products could get some people really excited about the brand and that will help push sales of the stuff that they really do need to sell. Um, to to stay healthy, to stay healthy as a company. Absolutely. I think that's a, I think that's a great way to put it. It's, you know, refreshing their lineup will, will do a, a big part for everything in their, that they've got. Um, I think that's it. That's everything that we had on the uh, on the agenda today. So well, Ben, you wanted, you wanted to hold on, hold on, really quick. We just wanted to really mention, and I think to talk about computer controlled is a great way, um, a segue. You did want to mention briefly the the Kia with the, uh, the oh the, Kia, the yeah the Kia I, you manual. know what we, we there was a uh, a new Kia uh, Rio hybrid that was uh, shown off earlier that had this really interesting feature of a manual transmission, but really not a manual at all it had a, a clutch by wire i think was the best way to describe it yeah so uh, i think that's first of all i i we were i think we we're going a, a bit over time here but why not just bring it up real quick um it's really important to to think about this because i thought it was important um and, and worth talking about because as we know manual transmissions are slowly dying off it's hard it, it's harder and harder to to find one or 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 you know, people don't even use them. So there's got to be some sort of way to improve engagement in cars that just don't utilize trans- transmissions, be them CVTs or, or electric vehicles or something like that. And I think this idea of a clutch by wire will really um, try to keep the spirit alive in some way or another. What I would ask your listeners, you know, we talked about the enthusiasts, like the Z enthusiasts, to chime in about that. Um, what I would challenge your listeners, and maybe you can then address on a future episode and talk a little bit more about it, because I know we're over on time, is that um, if you are a manual transmission enthusiast now, would you be interested in, like, if you had the choice of either an automatic or something like this, would you still want to gravitate towards something like this, or would you rather just say, eh? It's not really what I'm used to, whatever, just give me the automatic. Like, do you want manufacturers? I mean, knowing I don't, that I don't want a facsimile of a manual transmission, if that's what you're asking. Right. Well, I, I, mean, I have no interest in a, in a faint copy of what driving a manual might be like as seen from a distance by someone through right. a dirty mirror. Like, it's not. <laughs> that is right. zero like appeal a, to me. It's and, like having a, a DSLR, like a camera with a with a film advance on it. Like,. It's like having a milkshake where they replace the milk with water. <laughs> it's ice cream and water now. Here you go. Well, I mean, and that, and that is literally. I think that I think that's the question that we need to ask the general audience: is like, is there? This is obviously a facsimile of a manual. Do you want that, or you just want to be like, hey, let's just go full automatic? No one because, wants it. I don't think be- so. Because Kia just spent a lot of money developing this, right? And we're told that part of the reason why automakers don't spend money on manuals anymore is because not enough people to buy them to justify the development costs. So there's not going to just... be an even smaller base of people interested in buying this right. pseudo manual. <laughs> right. So I'm fascinated that they did it. And I'm really curious to see what, like, again, like maybe your listeners or just people in general think about it. Like I am. I, I'm, with... I'm on board with this. I want see, it. I know and, and you I'm, guys and, are against me. On yeah. This, and I'm with, I, and I'm I with that. Sammy's just taking the contrarian approach to every topic no. we discussed today. Okay. Uh, I, on that, here on he that goes note, again. On that <laughs> note, uh, we will close up this week's uh, podcast, and we should go ahead and plug. Uh, first of all, Chad, thank you again for joining us. Well, Where can we find your work me. again? Um, 
I mean, I'm all over the internet. Honestly, just give me a follow on Twitter. I do a lot of crap posting there, um, which is just my name. It's um, at Chad Kirsner. It's a K-I-R-C-H-N-E-R. And oh, yeah, right. just, just just find me just find me there, or send me your hate mail and stuff there too. Like, I appreciate all of that. Perfect. And you know what? You can get in touch with us very easily on social media. You can find me on Twitter as well. I'm at Sammy underscore ha, like you're laughing. And Ben, you can find him on Instagram. He's at Hunting Benjamin. Additionally, if you want to get in touch with us, you can just head over to our website, unnamedautomotivepodcast.com. And while you're there, there's a contact form. You can fill it out. And that's a very easy way to get in touch with us. Also at the website, you'll find buttons that allow you to subscribe to us using your favorite podcast client. And you can find all of our previous episodes um, so you can catch up on all of our inside jokes and stuff. And how do those buttons work, Sammy? Well, I think you click on them and then they – I don't really know the internet and that way. If, if you'll allow me because I know you're about ready to say goodbye and end it. If you'll allow me 60 seconds. Um, you guys talked a couple of weeks ago about trucks and movies and whatever. And, and obviously everybody mentioned the – the Ram, the Dodge that was in Twister. Um, now, you're, now you want to talk about the truck from Maximum Overdrive? No, I, I just, <sighs> I do just, I do just want to mention though, um, like a lot of us are either in this industry um, are here because of stuff like that. Like they see, um, you know, oh, this is this cool truck in this movie, and maybe it got you interested in in trucks, or you saw that, or whatever. And um, yeah, some Absolutely. of us are like that. Some of us are like that with like the Fast and the Furious or whatever. And um, but I, I but I remember distinctly a couple of years back having a conversation on Facebook about that particular truck. And folks that work at different brands and represent different things, like everybody, you know, are extremely competitive in the truck segment, and everybody's sort of like waxed poetic and gushed over that particular truck and that appearance in that movie. So the I think Ram that, from Twister. Yeah. I tell odd. you that, that it generation, that generation Ram is the biggest superstar truck <laughs> of yeah. the decade. I don't, I, it's just incredible what kind of an influence that truck has had. And we're still talking about it 30 years later. I mean, that's wild. Yeah. And I think, it's, and, I, and I think it's fascinating, but also to point out that like the right product done well, um, exposed to the right audience, you know, whatever can really bring, you know, kind of people together. And I like that, like you guys have lately have been talking a lot about, you know, nostalgia and, and stuff like that. And I think that with, with, um, the way the world is, I like the escapism that vehicles offer. So, well, and, and for sure, I mean, Sammy's best days are behind him at this point. So nostalgia is playing a big role in planning out the podcast content. Uh, anyways, no matter anyways, what, thank no you for matter having what me Ben on. says to me, uh, I will, we will be back next week with another episode. <laughs> So I can't wait to talk to you, uh, Ben, next week. And Chad, I can't wait to have you back on the podcast. And, and thank you so much, Chad, for, for coming in. We, we always love it, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I love being on. Thanks, guys. Take care.